Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. Now, wherever you are in the world, I just want to thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of this journey with me. I'm having such a blast talking to amazing podcast guests and getting to hear their stories right alongside you. And I really can't wait to continue on this path. Today's guest is Pamela Davis, the host of the Well Done Life podcast. Pamela and I originally met through an Influencer Excellence Challenge, which was hosted by Whitney Gonzalez, our guest from episode five of the show. Right away, I knew that Pamela and I would be friends. She shares such incredible insights on self-care, setting boundaries, dealing with life's challenges, and our state of current events. So in this episode, we talk about what it means to live a well-done life, the importance of women supporting women, trusting in the universe's timing, and how we as humans are a lot more alike than we are different. We also talk about being reformed people pleasers in our shared love for 90 Day Fiance. If you guys aren't watching, you have a lot of episodes to catch up on and spin off shows and plenty available for you to binge. I also had the honor of joining Pamela on her podcast, The Well Done Life, and I highly suggest you give her show a listen. Before we dive in, I want to talk about a cause that's meaningful to me. So as I mentioned in my last episode, I serve on the Young Professionals Board of Harbor House of Central Florida, which is a state-certified domestic violence organization. Harbor House not only has an emergency shelter, but they offer a 24-hour crisis hotline, safety planning and counseling, a pet kennel, licensed daycare, and a whole lot more. To raise funds for this organization, we're hosting a virtual event called Handbags for Hope. It's a virtual silent auction for designer handbags, so you can get something really exciting and support a great cause. You don't have to live in Central Florida to bid on a handbag. I'm going to link the auction in the show notes, but the event is going to take place from November 9th through the 13th. If you're interested in giving back to a worthy cause, please check out those links and share with a friend. And I hope you'll join me. All right, guys, let's get started. Hi, Pamela. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Hello, my name is Pamela Davis, and I am a caregiver, a digital marketer, and a podcaster at the Well Done Life podcast. Wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to creating the Well Done Life podcast and what does Well Done Life mean to you? Uh, The Well Done Life podcast, believe it or not, I would probably say has been about, I'm going to say about a good 10, 11 years in the making. Um, Back in 2010, I became a caregiver to my mom. I already had my sister after my father passed away. And to be quite honest, his death really rocked me to my core. We were very close. And my life changing so fast, I just became lost. And at that time, I was 38. So it was like, okay, I'm almost middle age. And now all of a sudden, all the life that I planned is totally out the window. So it's really about finding yourself. And what led me to want to have this podcast, the World on Life podcast, is because throughout these 10 years, I've discovered through therapy, through reading lots of books, um, having good friends, that ultimately the world on life is about what you make it. There are so many tips that you're going to find. There are so many people who are going to tell you how you should be. But ultimately, living the world on life is about determining who you are, standing in your truth, and deciding to live life on your terms. And I got that actually from my motto. And my personal motto is that on the day that I die, when I am standing before God, he will look down at my ledger and say, well done. And that's it, because he knows that I will have lived my life fully, completely on my terms and within his grace, and it'll be all good. So ultimately, I want all of us to have that feeling and all of us to share our stories and be the experts that we were born to be and live the well done life. 
I love that. I think that's really incredible to think about. And I think it helps kind of drive the choices you make, the priorities you have, and, you know, really how you're living from day to day and gives, I think that gives your life more meaning. And you're right. I I think a lot of people have different ways that you can live your best life and you can take, you know, inspiration from different modalities and different people, but it is ultimately what you make of it. But one area that you talk about on your podcast and on your Instagram that is, you know, a shared interest for me is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm -hmm. And you've talked about, um, and we were talking about this earlier, about being a people pleaser and how The Four Agreements have really helped you move past that. Talk to me about that and how that how the four agreements have inspired you? The four agreements were life-changing for me because I discovered them in that caregiving 10-year therapy-filled journey. And actually, I think it was my therapist who actually recommended the book to me because she was like, you're making your life too complex trying to please everybody. You're trying to please your mom. You're trying to please the people at work. You're trying to, I was in a relationship at that time, trying to please that. It was just like, there, where are you in that? And your life doesn't have to be so complex. So the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz really just focus around four simple tenets to living your world in life. And essentially it's being impeccable with your word, meaning that you don't speak negatively about yourself and you don't speak negatively about other people. And at the same time, um, you, you don't make assumptions, which is the second agreement. You ask for clarity. And a lot of times, I think a lot of us struggle with that. I know particularly in relationships, we kind of let things flow and create ambiguities that can lead to confusion, as well as um, you don't have to always exceed goals and expectations. And that's not to say it in a negative way, but it's just the third agreement is doing your best. When you do your best, you understand that at some particular point in time, you are not always going to be operating at 100%. And that's okay. You're operating at your best level for that particular moment and you give yourself enough grace to be in that place. And then the big one for me was not making assumptions. And I tend to be more of an empathic kind of person. So I always was one of those people that kind of wanted to make sure that I always was doing the right thing saying the right things, trying to be kind to people because I can feel their emotion. I can feel when people are shifting. So I don't want to create any type of confusion, which really fed into my people-pleasing ways. And ultimately, it was driving me crazy. So the four agreements gave me the freedom to realize that I can still be truly myself, but at the same time, I can give myself grace and I can give others grace so that I can live a life that's a lot more simple than what my people-pleasing mentality would allow it to be. I totally agree with that. I'm, um, I guess, a people-pleaser in recovery. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, move past that a little bit and, you know, really think, because when when you're doing right by yourself, you are able to serve people in your life a lot better and serve your community better. And, um, I, I loved the four agreements because it really is such a simple way to look at, you know, how we're, how we're interacting with others, what we're, you know, the, the assumptions that we make when dealing with people in our lives and in our relationships. And I think the one that I've struggled with the most is not taking things personally. Mm, I've been that one too. I've had that one out. It's like one oh, of yeah. that's my second one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, I think it goes so um, hand in hand with not making assumptions too. And there's, there's this lesson I really like. Um, I heard it from Melissa Urban from the Whole30 community, but I'm not sure if she's the originator of it. But the lesson of the lamp, Mm -hmm. um, when you look at a lamp and you say, I don't like that lamp, it doesn't say anything about the lamp. It says something about how you're choosing to experience it. And once I started to think of that in terms of myself, that, you know, it, if someone doesn't like something that I'm doing, you know, you have to obviously look critically at, you know, are you doing something problematic or toxic? But ultimately, if it's just a personal preference, you know, it doesn't say anything about you. It says something about how you're perceived by that person. And I think 
you know, simplifying those things and those terms, I think it makes the people pleasing side of us, um, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of follow what, what we want. Um, yeah. And our priorities. I agree with that because I think about the fifth agreement, they don't really talk about this one that much. And I actually didn't discover it until this year, but the fifth agreement is that it's okay to be skeptical. I love that. It's okay to be skeptical. And I was like, that's such a great one because again, you know, like you said, you're not trying to take things personally and you're trying not to make assumptions, but at the same time, it's okay to question, to think, is this really the right thing? Or, you know, is someone really being honest with you that there's no, we, there's no, no fault in skepticism and we shouldn't discount it. We should embrace it. I totally agree with that. You know, self-care is a big topic on your, on your podcast and in your content Mm -hmm. and boundary setting. Those are especially important right now. I think while we're at home and in this new environment, how are you incorporating those in your life right now during the pandemic? Um, Boundary setting is something that I really always, I talk about it a lot, but I struggle with it a lot because again, as a reformed people pleaser, you know, you, you want to always lend yourself to be available to people. And we've talked about that even before we got recording, started recording. Um, For me, I am making a conscious effort to really um, like close myself off from certain things. Like I have to admit, I love being on social media, but at the same time, I know that sometimes I just can't consistently do it because of there's, there's negativity and there's great things. So I block off particular times of the day, especially during the work week, where I allot myself time for social media and I remove myself from it. I actually even have the apps silenced during the day because the alerts, when the news alerts were coming through, were driving me crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I-, I can't do it. It's not good for my anxiety or myself or my time. And then Sunday, I definitely devote that time to my family, my sister and I, we sit down and we bond watching our favorite television shows and just relaxing. It's just about taking a moment away from all the noise because I'll be honest, as a black woman, I'm even more triggered (laughs) right now with everything that's Mm -hmm. going on. And it's just so much that I can bear. And I I find myself um, sometimes getting emotional because I'm, it's fear or I'm stressed out or I'm angry. So I know that I have to limit the amount of news that I consume. I try to make sure that I get just enough to keep me deadly, keep me in, you know, keep me informed. (laughs) But then I, I cut the rest of it out and I prioritize time with my family. I find that having that time with them and with my friends, even through Zoom calls, it gives me peace and centering. So those have become really critical points for me on my self-care journey. I think it's so important right now in particular with the news cycle being, you know, we're in an election season. The election will be over by the time that that this airs. But um, with an election and COVID and everything going on in the news right now with the Black Lives Matter movement and these you know, horrible things happening with police brutality and racism. I mean, it it's exhausting yeah. sometimes, I think, you know, to, you know, keeping up, it's so important to stay informed and to, I think, have a set period of time that, yes, I'm going to read the news or I'm going to watch a little bit of the news and then to shut it off when, you know, you have the information that you're going to have, but, you know, having the TV on all day is not, ultimately, I think going to help anyone to, you know, to, you know, to fight back and to, you know, improve the systems or anything like that. I think people need to be practicing that self-care. And I think those boundaries are awesome that you have those set in place. Thank you. It's just so important. I mean, it, like you said, we're, it's so polarizing right now. So you have to stay informed. Agreed with that. But at the same time, give yourself enough grace to pull back when it starts to become crazy. And when it also, I didn't mention, I don't really engage in trolling on social media. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit around and try to answer every insightful person, you know, in, I'm sorry, not insightful or incendiary comment. 
that I might receive or question based upon content that I post. I don't do that. I just send you to a block party. I'm not, not wasting yes. energy on doing that. And I think that a lot of people, because they are on social media a lot more maybe than I am, they're doing that. And that's part of something that they should really look at to help manage your energy. Everybody doesn't require a response. Everything does not require a response. That is so true. And it's not, it's not your responsibility sometimes to educate these people. And, you know, I think I see a lot of this on my newsfeed and I have to kind of shut it off where people are posting those incendiary, you know, comments and some posts and there is something powerful in just hitting, you know, hide this person from my newsfeed. If it's someone that you need to have in your life for whatever reason, or, to hit the block button if it's someone you don't know. And I sometimes having those conversations, it's not your responsibility to have the conversation if it's not going to, you know, if it's taking away from your well-being. Yes. And you have to make that choice. And I just, you know, we all have to kind of think about that. Or do you, would you rather be in the know or would you rather be in the know and arguing with people? And by the time you finish arguing with this person who you don't know, you have raised your blood pressure, stressed yourself out, made yourself angry. And this person could be a bot. (laughs) It's so true. You know? So is it like worth it? (laughs) I know. And I occasionally, if it's someone I know and I, you know, it's someone I respect and they're posting something that maybe seems a little ignorant to me, occasionally I will go on and I'll post, you know, a Snopes article or something very neutral just to show them, hey, these are not facts that you're posting. Uh, This is a complete lie and there's no basis in truth for it. And even so, people love to defend, you know, whatever they post, even if there's not, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes, you know, arguing with those people online, if I think that sharing those facts with them is going to make a difference, I sometimes will do that. But if they're just going to fight back and, you know, dig their heels in and, you know, use that as fodder to make the argument even worse, I, um, you know, there's a point where, you know, it's it's going to stress me out for the rest of the day thinking, right. wow, I, I just made this person even more vocal about their, you know, about what they're saying, if it's hateful or what have you. And so sometimes that block button or, you know, hiding posts from the newsfeed, sometimes it, sometimes that is self-care and that's what we have to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just something to add to the self-care repertoire because to your point, I mean, if it's someone that you respect, I find personally, it's a little disappointing, but then I'm like, well, remember people aren't monolithic. No one mm-hmm. has the same perspective and all the time. So I have to understand people are going to have opinions, even if it differs from what I expected or what it is. And I don't mind that you have your opinion. I, I mean, as Voltaire said, I, I may not agree with what she said, but I will defend to the right, to the death, your right to say it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when it starts to take away from my peace, I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send you probably to a blog party or like you said, mute. I think muting is powerful. Mm-hmm. I use that quite a bit. Um, and then at the same time, I think we just have to leverage our platforms where we share content that is factual and the right people will see it, hopefully, <laughs> and make good decisions. I think so. And I think a lot of times it, it does help those people. You have those quiet people that are, you know, they are reading your content. They are listening. They may not be commenting. They may almost be like, not exactly ghosting, but they're, you know, quietly reading and and maybe absorbing this information. And if it can make a difference for some of those people and they changes the way that they think about something or opens their mind to something, you know, I think, I think posting with, you know, with the intent of love behind it and you're posting with the best of intentions to spread the right information. I think that people will come and they will listen and you can shape the way someone might think about something and, you know, show them a new perspective. Oh yes. I totally agree with that. Um, I, I, like I said, I love social media, but it definitely has become a fodder for entertainment. Not necessarily always the truth, more because more people are more entertained by the salaciousness of the story than the mm-hmm. truth of it. 
And you just have to kind of understand that. But like you said, it's all about posting good content. It is. The right people will come. It doesn't come as quickly sometimes as the more incendiary stuff seems to get. But that's okay because you want the right people. And the right people will come. The right people will follow. The right people will engage with you. And then you'll know that all this was worth it because you didn't have to do all that to get it, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, they're there for, as they say on The Bachelor, they're here for the right reasons. Right. <laughs> exactly. And we want this to be a long-term date. Absolutely. You want to get that final rose. Exactly. <laughs> no one night stands over here. No. <laughs> So kind of shifting gears, I, you know, I really enjoy your content and I love that you include, um, you know, some of the spirituality, some of the numerology, that stuff is so fun for me as well. Uh, My friends will sometimes, you know, call it my, my woo woo stuff. (laughs) I love a good woo woo. (laughs) Absolutely. And so I love that that's a shared interest. And I know that numbers play an important role in your life. Um, Seven is a meaningful number for you. Um, Talk to me about, you know, what sparked that interest and the significance behind that number for you. This interview will actually come out as episode seven. And so, yeah, so I would love to know more about your interest in that. It's so funny. Um, I've always kind of had an, an interest in astrology and numerology. It's kind of shifted over the years. And as I became uh, more closer affiliated with my Christianity, I'll be quite frank, it really did shift downward some, where I focused more on just traditional Christianity. However, numerology has always been a part of me because I was born, particularly for the number seven, number seven is my, um, my number. It is my favorite number. It is an infinite number, and it's actually the number of completion. So it, when I love to utilize it in my podcast, because every seventh episode to me reminds me of giving an opportunity to look at the past, to celebrate the successes, to acknowledge the losses, the lessons that have been learned. And then I use it as a jumping off point for another phase of life. So I like to incorporate that into my podcast because I think that there are signs and wonders in everything. And you have to be aware that the world is not as black and white as we think it is. There are other things that we can aspire to learn through um, spirituality that can help open us up to realize that maybe all of the answers that we're constantly seeking and praying for, they're right in front of us. We just have to look with a different eye to see them. I completely agree. I think there is so much that we can't explain with physical science and with even necessarily traditional research. But I think, you know, I think a lot of people have their angel numbers and they have, you know, they see a number and that's the sign for them. I think for me, the number 15 is a big one for me. And I know that would be like a six number. Yes. And um, I actually didn't know what that meant for a long time, but I knew that, you know, the number 15 was always kind of a guide for me. And I looked it up and it represents unconditional love and nurturing and healing and compassion. And I thought, wow, that really does speak to me. And oh, absolutely. And aligns with you perfectly as a, you know, that manifestation of a harmonious life, your wellness. Definitely. And, um, and you're a fan of, um, of the secret too. And I'd love to know the role of manifestation in your life. I'm still figuring out my beliefs around that. I've, I've taken a manifestation class, but I'd love to know what your thoughts are around the secret and manifestation in creating that well done life. I definitely, the secret, yes, is a very big, big, a big book for me as well. And I actually like to read it once a quarter, because with manifestation and allowing your mind to visualize what you want, it's like, for me, having my own mental vision board. And I constantly go into everything, trying to see the good in it, not necessarily the bad. Because again, that kind of feeds back to the four agreements and not making assumptions. I always, as an empath, 
am one of those people that struggle with that. It's like being empathic is the gift and the curse because you can feel things and think things and your mind will have weaved a story that is totally off kilter. And you're, I'm wishing, I'm thinking something bad is coming when in actuality, it's really great. But I was so afraid of believing that it was good that I, I work myself up into thinking, oh my God, you know, it's, this is not going to work out for me. And that can apply to jobs, that can apply to relationships, that can apply to family, that can apply specifically to money. Um, I used to, I, I have struggled financially at one point in my life. And it was to the point where I used to dread going to the mailbox because I was like, oh my God, there's going to be a bill here and I'm not going to pay it. And then when I read The Secret and learned how to visualize that every time I go to the mailbox, I start to receive checks. And every time I get something, I just visualize that this is a check and I show gratitude for it. I, it a manifestation in that way allowed me to free my fears of money. Um, and it allowed me to become more of a receiver of money versus always having to pay it out all the time and not be able to control it. And so it change it changes my perspective and how I like to accommodate that into the podcast is I really believe in how it is so important that we take control over our thoughts and what we want to have, because I personally think, think everyone is equipped with the gifts that they need to live the well done life is just, we're afraid to tap into that. So if you allow yourself to believe that you are good, that you can accomplish anything you set your mind to, that you can have money, you will naturally start to act according to that and it will come to you. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. It doesn't. (laughs) Not like you're going to go out to the uh, mailbox and it's going to be like a million dollars. That could happen. But And if it does, bless. I want 5%, 10% cut maybe for telling you how to get to it. But you have to free your thoughts around things and believe that you are a receiver of good not always a giver out of loss. It's not about lack. It's about believing that you can manifest abundance, that you can see it, excuse me, and bring it into yourself all the time. And that's what I think the key part of it is to living the world in life. It's about living on our terms and manifesting what we want and believing that. And the secret kind of gives you the, the tools and to be able to do it because it just gives you different stories that you're listening to that are real time and you're dealing with people who have actually manifested a change in their life and now they're living on the level that they want. And it wasn't like they went to school for it. It wasn't like some magic. It just happened because their mindset changed and they had the power over their mind. And if you have that power over your mind, you will have power over yourself, which in turn will allow you to live free, which is one of the foundations of living the world on life. I absolutely love that. And I've, I've noticed in my own life, I am more likely to accomplish something that I really want to do that I've set my mind to or, you know, have the things in my life that I want when I am going about it from that positive way. I'm thinking that I will obtain this or I already have this yeah. and I have all the tools in front of me to make this a reality. And I think I think so often you're you know you hit the nail on the head with you know how our fear sometimes controls that I think you know the self doubt we have in the back of our minds sometimes I think that's almost we almost use that to kind of protect ourselves in case you know something doesn't go the way we want on our um, preferred timeline. And it's easier to think, well, this is probably not going to happen anyway, so don't get my hopes up. But I, I think we do better when we do get our hopes up and we, you know, you're putting, you're putting forth, you know, inspired action. You are working toward that goal, but you're also believing that that goal will come to you. Absolutely. I mean, it's not, it's not putting pressure on yourself to achieve something it's putting, it's opening yourself to believing you can achieve it. Yes. And I think, I think life is a lot more enjoyable when we believe that, you know, that it is coming for us, that, you know, what we want is achievable rather than putting all of that pressure on ourselves that, you know, it won't, it might not happen. And, 
you know, having, I think, a little bit of a sense of dread, maybe even some resentment, you know, that you're working hard towards something that might not come to fruition. And life is more enjoyable when we believe we can manifest the things that we want. Absolutely. But in a, and at the same time, you do have to channel that belief with action. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not one-sided. But I think when we believe in ourselves, our actions are more intentional. And we're willing to do things that are more align us to achieve our goals than when we have doubt. Because to your point, when you're doubtful, you're holding yourself back. You're not giving your full 100% energy to achieving this goal. You can't because you're afraid that you're going to fail. So you're only giving a portion of it. But when you're able to realize that you are actually capable of this, and you believe it and you speak it over yourself until you truly, really feel it down into your soul, your actions will reflect it. You will take those chances on yourself that you weren't willing to do in fear. I completely agree. Do you have anything in particular right now you're looking to manifest? Mm, I actually believe you're not a husband. Don't <laughs> no, that's <laughs> crazy. But I really feel like I'm at this point now where I think I could do, I could have a husband. Like, I really do. <laughs> I know that sounds nuts, but yes, I really feel like this is my time where I can have a husband. And it's not that I'm like just anxious to find a husband, husband. I really am very good as a single person, but I would like, I feel like God is telling me this is the time now where you are a whole woman, a whole complete individual, unique woman who is not going to change her perspective and who can actually have a good partnership. So yes, I'm trying to manifest a husband. (laughs) I think that's great. And I think that's so important to be thinking about that with, you know, I think a lot of people put the pressure on themselves with timing of like, I need to be married yesterday. And I get, you know, comments from married friends always have, you know, well, why aren't you married? You're a good catch. It's like, well, first of all, I don't know if they've been on the dating apps in Central Florida. (laughs) you know, see what's out there. Yeah. But, um, but in truth, you know, you want to be in the right mindset for it. And, you know, are you bringing the best of yourself yeah. and are, are you ready for it? And I've definitely been at times in my life where I could have met, you know, the right person and it was completely the wrong time. And I would not have been able to, you know, be my full self in that relationship because, you know, maybe, you know, things going on in my life and the way I was, you know, not taking time for self-care and, you know, you need to, it needs to be the right timing for you. And I think that's fantastic. And I think, I I know you will manifest that. Well, thank you. It's funny, like I said, I know it probably sounds crazy, but I just feel like the time, like this is my time. Um, But again, to your, it, it is so important about being whole first and being comfortable with yourself first. Because I've been through many different phases of life and I thought that was the time, but then if I look back on it to where I am now, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't ready. And God was like, no, you're not ready. I'm not gonna give this to you because it's just gonna create more of a mess. But now it's it's the right time, it's the right time. So thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, please do. Yeah, I think that's so true. You know, we have those life lessons that, you know, come up and those character building experiences. And I know um, my mom always jokes about this, that when she would go through a difficult time and my grandpa would say to her, well, this is character building. And she's like, I already have enough character. (laughs) And I kind of have felt that way sometimes through difficult situations or thought, you know, I know I learned a lesson from this hard experience, but I wish I never had to learn this lesson, but it comes to you for a reason. And I think the reasons, you know, they kind of reveal themselves in time. And I think it is important and we learn what we need to learn at the right time. Yes. And we have to go through those mistakes and we have to cry those tears and, get back up and then go back out there because now you're finally ready. Definitely. Now, um, your content, you've always had a really strong message of collaboration over competition. And I just love that. I am big on building community and women supporting women. Talk to me about how you incorporate that into your podcast. Uh, for me, it's it was actually 
in our convert our uh, influencer challenge that we did with Whitney that I finally defined my path as for women. So that wasn't that long ago. And the reason that I did that is because I feel like there are tons of voices out in the space, but there are not enough voices that create safe places for women to be women, for us to collaborate, for us to learn from each other, because like I said, for the well done life, it's about sharing experiences to grow and learn from each other. And there are so many different women that I feel like I can learn from. And I'm like, even this conversation, I am learning from you and growing from you. So I love to have women on to share their experiences and stories. I want to be able to continue to elevate our voices. I will make sure I share your content and grow because I think that that's what's going to be important. There, it, women are not monolithic as well. We need spaces that fit each of us, and I want to be a part of creating that. I don't compete with anyone but myself. And that was not something that was easily learned. I've learned that as I've gotten older, as I've grown stronger, to realize I don't need to compete. Even though society may make it seem like we all need to compete, we all have a vested interest in each other's success. And I want to be a, a helpful part of that. So I love having women on to share and to acknowledge all the great things that we are doing across all races and nationalities, because I want to make sure that ultimately women are elevated because we are the foundation of society. We are the givers of life. So it is so important. We set the tone and we have to step into our power. So my goal is that this become a space where I help create that tone and that power so that we can just spread it throughout. I absolutely love that. I think, you know, with, you know, within this space, we all have different stories and we all have different expertise and experiences that we can share. And I think the more the merrier. Yeah. I really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've noticed in the self-help space and in the personal development space, you know, they're really does need to be more of a focus, I think, on women and, you know, what you're doing, women and supporting women. Um, a lot of self-help books out there, you know, it's, it, they're not geared toward us. There's very much, I hate to say it, but there is a lot of white male privilege mm -hmm. in a lot of these books. And some of the things that they recommend are things that women would be judged for doing and would you know, maybe there's a stigma for women to, you know, act in a certain way or women don't have the same experience if they go about a situation the way that the book says. And I think we do need more of a space for women and for women of color to be able to, you know, share their experiences and, as you said, you know, stand in their power. And I think um, so I think what you're doing is incredible. I love collaboration and I love seeing what so many people out there are doing that, you know, all of our content, even if we talk about the same topic, we all have a different experience with it. And creating that space is, you know, so valuable. Absolutely. And as a, as, as a Black woman, um, it is very important to me to create that open space because I feel like if we have more conversations a lot of the stereotypes and things that divide us go away because we learn that we are all very similar in certain ways. We all have a lot of different challenges, but some of our challenges are pretty fundamental. I mean, many women were all, are trying to raise families or even have families or trying to advance in their career. It, it's across, or trying to figure out how to be an entrepreneur. I mean, there's just so many different ways. But I want to also make sure that I bring that out there because with all of the, the challenges that we are facing with racism, I think if we don't start to be able to have these conversations, if we don't have these spaces, we're not going to advance. We're not going to finally move past this. And we're not going to break down the walls that are holding us back. And I want to make sure that I am being open to everyone because yes, I'm tired, but at the same, I'm tired because it's 400 years. What do I need to do? How can I be different so I can create that space where you can realize that maybe we're not as different 
as you think. I just come in a different package. Exactly. I think the more that we have those conversations, people really start to realize we're a lot more similar than we are different. And it's just important. I mean, we're at critical mass now. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think it has been time for a long time, but I'm really happy to see that people are finally opening their eyes, people that never acknowledged, you know, that there were any problems in the system and right. I wish it did not take 400 years. Yeah. But hey, sometimes we got to le- takes us a long time to learn lessons, you know? Absolutely. Now, we've we've touched on this, but how can listeners create a well-done life for themselves? Um really the key is stepping into your power, one, owning yourself, sharing your story because your story adds value. No matter what you've been through, anything, you can create that by sharing your story with somebody else because your story may save someone's life and make them better. And then just believing in yourself that you can do anything that you put your mind to. If you do all of those things, you will live a well-done life. I, I think all of that is really great advice that I think listeners can take with them no matter what their goals are, what they're working toward. I think especially standing in your power and realizing that you are capable of so much more than you think you are. And I really do think that that will help people to live that well done life. So I absolutely love that. I hope let's join this. I'll do it together. (laughs) Absolutely. I would love to dive into some rapid fire questions. I have a few questions I ask all of our guests just to get to know you a little better. Okay. Awesome. So what is your top wellness tip? My top one is to protect your energy. Love that. It's something that I am working toward. The Four Agreements has helped with, but that is that is great advice. Where is your favorite travel destination? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was really hard. Um, I've had some really good trips. <laughs> I'm going to actually say my favorite place that I've been so far is London. I love London. It's a beautiful city. I I was there maybe a week in college and I wish, you know, after that was over, there there had been an internship opportunity out there and I said, you know, there's no way I'll be able to find my way around another city. I'm not going to do an internship out of the country. And then I went to London and the tube was so easy to navigate and it was such a cool city and you don't have the language barrier getting around. And I was so mad at myself that I didn't take that step because what a cool city. And we actually didn't get a lot of rain. Right. Uh, And London is really great. It's like if you are looking for a beginner trip um, to kind of like get you started, you can go to London. You will not get lost in London, and it's easy. So that's one of my favorites. It's, it's still a hard question to answer, but I'm going to say yes. I'm, I, I picked that one. I'm going to still own it. I love it. That is definitely in my top few. I, I have trouble answering that question as well. Um, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Um, I probably would right now be a squirrel. Ooh. I know that probably sounds nutty, but like I <laughs> the energy. Cause so, and I just think they're just so darn cute. And how they always are like going back, running back and forth across the street and then storing up nuts for the winter. They're preparing. They're always preparing. I love that. And they are adorable. Yes. I love squirrels. I will not, I will actually swerve if a squirrel is running in the street. I have. I've actually swerved around not to hit squirrels. Um, I have caused traffic jams, not to hit squirrels. It's just something about it. We bond. I connect with the squirrel. I love it. And I think, um, you know, at UCF where I used to, um, I used to do a lot of events um, on the UCF campus um, back when we used to leave our homes and um, the squirrels there are so brave and you would like you could, you could, you could easily start a car accident on the campus because of the squirrels. But if you decided to eat outside of the student union, there would always be a squirrel sitting at the table with you. So you were never eating alone. And 
um, because everybody feeds them. And so they are so brave and you really get to see them up close. They're, they're bigger too, I think, than others because they yeah. do get to eat. Um, they do get to eat some of the student union food. <laughs> I was going to say that they always give you the heavy food in college to make sure you're like not starving to death. So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think they have a Chipotle on campus right now. So if I were a squirrel, I'd be very happy. Oh, me too. Oh my God, really good food for a squirrel. <laughs> yes. Now, what is your number one favorite show to binge? Okay, I tend I tend to watch a lot of reality TV. And Love it. my number one favorite show is uh, for 90 day fiance. Love it. <laughs> I am hooked. I love that. Oh my God. Uh, have you seen the season with, you know, the reunion? I am a few episodes behind. So I actually, today I was going to do a little binging myself. <laughs> well, I was going to say the reunion is coming on Sunday and you got oh my to gosh. see Colt and Debbie oh. with Larissa and Eric and then Jess. And how they all just go after Colt and Debbie. I think it's going to be great. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. Colt and Debbie are the most dysfunctional relationship <laughs> on TV. I totally agree. And I'm like, you are like enabling this grown man. I mean, he's like a man baby now. <laughs> yes. I I am so... he He's not a nice person. And so I don't feel bad when I make fun of their relationship. <laughs> I totally agree with you. It, it, it's it's just too fun. And I like watching them with the pillow talk where they have the previous dates talking about them. It's just, it gives me such joy. Like that is my, my COVID happiness is 90 Day Fiance. Oh, yes. I, I got into it maybe a year ago and there's so much good stuff to binge. So I got completely caught up um, up until... I guess I'm maybe two or three episodes behind. I was at my parents' house and I wasn't watching. And so I'm going to have to get myself caught up for tomorrow's tell-all because those, I mean, that is where the tea is spilled. And You got three nights. It's a three-night tell-all starting oh, tomorrow. It's amazing. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. Well, I, I absolutely, I will definitely, that will be my, my activity for today. <laughs> I know I'm going to go rewatch some of them too, to kind of like prep up because I don't yes. think it's terrible, but yes, I love that show. It's amazing. <laughs> and so kind of on a related note, what is your favorite quarantine activity? Cooking. Ooh. I, I became a vegan during quarantine. Like, I know people are like, what? And I was like, I did a cleanse in June um, because I felt like with all everything going on, I was stressed out and I was like, physically, I've been eating garbage. I was like, I need to do a 30-day cleanse. So I said, well, let me do a 30-day cleanse for June. And I doubled it and said, I'm just going to do a 30-day vegan cleanse. And I've been vegan ever since. And I love it. I am like Chef Tell though around here. That's why I said I need to manifest a husband. Because I'm ordering cookbooks left and right. I've got I meal prep, um, plan out menus. I probably cook probably now three or four times a week. It's frightening. That is awesome. And I've heard such good things. I'm trying to get a little bit more into cooking. And I actually, I just did food sensitivity testing. And so I am completely having to relearn how to make stuff. I'm not vegan, but I can't have dairy for about a month to see okay. if that helps things and, um, and egg yolks. So I am looking at a lot of vegan recipes because I'm not, I'm not a huge meat eater and now I can't have red meat. Oh, okay. And I was a little nervous about it cause my cooking skills are a little limited, but, um, you know, I've, I've heard that cooking is one of the best activities for stress relief because you're using every single sense and it's so hands-on that it's it's hard to be stressed out while you're, you know, putting so many of your senses into this activity. And I think it's a great self-care practice is cooking. Yes. And I will definitely like send you some um, chefs like I would recommend if you do decide to, you know, kind of test around the vegan waters because it is fun, especially dairy always used to give me a fit too. And I'm allergic to all tomato-based products because I have a food allergy. I can't have tomatoes. 
Yes, I, I cannot. So I have learned how to make spaghetti using like roasted red peppers. And I mm-hmm. turn the roasted red pepper sauce instead. And there's just so many different things that you just kind of open yourself up to. And I do. Cooking relaxes me. It's like you were saying, like all the senses are going on. I put music on and it's just, I'm so relaxed. I have spent more money on food <laughs> cooking during the quarantine than I have on anything else. That's awesome. And I will definitely take you up on those recipes. I find something really relaxing with putting on like a 90 day fiance and just chopping things and meal prepping. And I, I used to do that all the time when I was in school and kind of going back to that now that I can't do quite as many of the grab and go type meals at a lot of these restaurants. And um, so I'm really excited to start kind of testing the waters a little bit with that. And I will I will definitely be taking you up on those recipes. I will definitely send you a couple of great um, people I follow on YouTube and Instagram. And I've read their books. So I have their cookbooks. And yes, Pinterest is, is the bomb too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, um, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your insights. I have loved chatting with you and I think, you know, our listeners can get a lot from today's interview and, you know, as far as their self-care and creating that well-done life, how can people find you? I am actually on most of the uh, streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just look under the well-done life. As well as I also, um, you can reach me by email at thewelldonelife at gmail.com. As well as um, on Instagram, I do have uh, the Well Done Life podcast. Don't get discouraged because there's not a lot of posts there. I'm, I'm still trying to unman it from my personal one, which is Pamela L. Davis um, on Instagram. And or Twitter at I am Pamela L. Davis. So I would love for you to reach out and connect with me. And it was a pleasure talking to you too. I have really enjoyed our time. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes so you guys can find her. And again, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing with us today. My pleasure. I want to thank Pamela for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you guys did too. Pamela shared a lot of really great insights on self-care and protecting your energy And I really loved what she had to say about the four agreements. One of those four agreements is to always do your best. And as Pamela said, sometimes your best isn't going to be at the same level as it was the day before. 2020 has really shaken up our lives. And while we should still be putting in our best efforts in the things we're working toward, we also really need to give ourselves grace and be kind to ourselves. I loved chatting with Pamela and I always feel like these conversations come at exactly the right time. I've linked all of Pamela's info in the show notes, along with links to the books we talked about in this episode. Be sure to listen to the Well Done Life podcast on whatever app you're listening to podcasts. Her episodes are always so profound, and I love hearing her thoughts. And just a shameless plug, I am on one of her episodes. I have a blast speaking with her. If you liked this conversation, please rate and review, subscribe so that others can find the podcast, and be sure to share it with a friend. And of course, if you have a topic that you would like to see, don't hesitate to drop me a line. My email is valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net. Or you can always DM me on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. I hope you'll come back and I will see you next week.